Welcome back to the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. On today's podcast, I'm joined by my friend, Alessandra Kutnik. She is an incredible strength and nutrition coach. She, alongside her husband, Josh, runs SD Evolution Coaching, and she also produces a mega ton of just top-notch content around strength training and nutrition for both the general population, but more specifically for those who are pregnant and in the postpartum period of their life. And so that's what we talk about today. I really wanted to have somebody on to talk about this period of life, although I will tell you, if you're a menopausal woman, if you're a little bit older, you're out of that kind of pregnancy period, postpartum period, there is still something for you in this episode because we also talk quite a bit about self-love and about body image. So stay tuned in. Let's go. Good. So glad you could join me on the podcast. How are you? Me too. I'm so excited. I'm good. Finally getting some good weather here in Connecticut and I'm so grateful for it. Well, that's good. So is Kai sleeping right now or is he going to make a surprise appearance perhaps? <laughs> he is sleeping. My husband is taking him if he does wake up. So we are oh, good that's to nice. go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is great. So I'm so glad you're here. You know, Alessandra, I know you're very busy. I appreciate you taking your time to come on here. I um, spend a lot of time talking to women about fitness and nutrition in middle age and on, but I have a lot of people who follow me who are at a different stage, an earlier stage, and I really want to be able to address that specifically and get into the nitty gritty of that. And I was like, I need somebody to talk through that with me because I have to tell you, when I was in that stage, the I didn't fitness and nutrition were not really a part of my life. Like, sadly, <laughs> um, I have yeah. three kids, but I wasn't thinking in terms of like, what would be good for me fitness wise and those kind of things. So I'm like, who can I get? And you were my first pick. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that so much. And it's funny because I, I forget who shared one of your posts a while back when I started following you, but I sent it to my mom immediately because my, my mom's also a personal trainer and she has her own fitness studio. Um, so, you know, everything you post, she has been aligning with so much and she's been sharing that with her clients. And I just thought it was really cool because, oh, you know, so there's, yeah, there's just, I obviously cater to mostly people my age. So I think we kind of are mutually exclusive there going back and forth and mutually beneficial helping each other out. So I love that. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad to hear that. You'll have to tell me your mom's name later and I'll, I'll see, uh, I'll say hi to her. Um, So you've been in the fitness industry a long time, like a decade, right? Yeah. A little over. Okay. And you've competed in powerlifting and bodybuilding and run marathons. So you've had this you know, breadth of experience. And I read somewhere on something you had posted that one of the most challenging things for you was pregnancy, like getting. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, like you said, I got started with actually running and kind of went the whole running route. And then that transferred over to bodybuilding and then powerlifting became my love. And I still do that now. Um, but I got pregnant back in 2018, end of 2018. And 
you know, at this point I had grown my social media. I was doing online coaching and I kind of um, was posting a lot about my personal experiences. That's what my social media was geared towards. So when I got pregnant, I was like, well, what the heck am I going to post about now? <laughs> like people follow me because they like to see my transformations and they like to see my powerlifting. And I kind of felt like, holy crap, like what's going to happen? Um, but Along with that, pregnancy was just one of the hardest things that I've ever had to deal with. And that's not even like I had a great pregnancy. I didn't have any real issues or conditions or, you know, anything that was anything to complain about, I guess. Um, but at the same time, it being someone who knows how good that they can feel in their body then becoming pregnant and sharing your body with another human, it's hard. And it's hard to kind of embrace your body changing and embrace not being able to lift heavy and embrace all of these new things that I just didn't really have to deal with before. So it was a new experience like all of the others, but in a way it kind of just was the most fulfilling by the end of it, as hard as it was. And what helped you navigate um, those changes and that difficulty because you're right all of a sudden like your body's not necessarily your own and especially in your situation where you know this is a, a business issue as well right you're like wait this is what I do and this is my business and that's obviously going to change a little bit now just based on what's happening to me how did you navigate that yeah that's a good question so my husband and I are both online coaches and with our business, we focus on making our clients training and nutrition fit their individual lifestyles, whatever's going on for them at that phase of life, we make it work. So this kind of was something where I was like, okay, I have to take what I'm preaching to everyone else and figure out what is my training and nutrition going to look like during this phase of my life. Obviously it's not going to be, you know, extreme bodybuilding or powerlifting or any of that, but I can still do something to make myself feel great every single day and be a little bit better than yesterday and show up in the best way for myself, my family, my clients. Um, so I just kind of kept that mindset throughout my entire pregnancy and kind of just embraced each day as it came, um, you know, embracing the rest days, especially in that first trimester, um, and just kind of rolling with it. And you know, I think the other big thing too was not comparing what I was going through and what my pregnancy was with anyone else that I was seeing on social media. And I think anybody can relate to that. You know, that's something that you can take away whether you're pregnant or not listening. Um, when you start to compare yourself and compare your journey to someone else's, it's like, well, you're kind of taking away the happiness of what you could be having. So I kind of just, you know, I obviously took in a lot of information and I love following others who were pregnant and, you know, had this healthy lifestyle at the same time. But I always came back to the idea that this was my pregnancy and that it's okay if that looks different than what I was doing before. And it's okay if that looks different than someone else's. I love that. And you're right. That is so relatable across no matter what somebody's life situation is, because wow, it is so easy to compare ourselves in all kinds of ways, whether it's like, well, you know, I really shouldn't complain because my pregnancy is not that hard compared to, you know, this person on bed rest. Well, that doesn't matter if like your life is topsy-turvy, it's still hard for you, Absolutely. right? And we yeah. do that so easily, like whether it's, you know, I'm not as good as, or I shouldn't complain as much. Like I'm starting to get emotional. Like I'm going to start crying. I don't know why that makes me so emotional because <laughs> I just feel like we do it so much, right? Yeah. And, and especially I don't know if that's now during the pandemic, because, you know, 
I had a client reach out today who was like, you know, I feel terrible complaining about this minor issue. It was something about like her diet. And she's like, when people are dying and going through all of this hardship and I'm like, well, you know what? You deserve to, you know, you, you can complain about it. It's okay. You're, it's something that's impacting your life. And yes, there's other things happening, but that doesn't um, take away from what's going on in your life. It's so true. I see that a lot. And I've done that to myself during this pandemic. Like, well, like I really shouldn't be where I shouldn't be upset about that. You know, there's way more serious things and I have to stop myself and be like, you have every right to be upset. We just canceled my 50th birthday. We were going on a big trip. We were going on a cruise to Alaska and we had to cancel it. And I was really in a funk. And finally I'm like, just sit and be upset about it. Like, it's okay. Like that was a, I was excited. And and then I felt better when I was like, yeah, it's okay to be upset about that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't take away from the fact that I'm like, yes, I realize you're in the hospital. Like, that's more serious. Like, clearly that's more serious. But, but we're allowed to feel our feelings and we have to give ourselves permission. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Yeah. So talk us through. So let's say there's a woman. Let's talk about kind of different stages, like before someone gets pregnant, during pregnancy and after. And let's talk about a woman in each of those stages. She's somebody who wants to look good, feel good, move good, like be her best in all of those areas. What's your best advice fitness and nutrition wise for each of those stages? So let's talk like before she gets pregnant. Yeah, that's a great question. So pre-pregnancy, obviously at this point you're, you're getting your body ready and you're getting your body, I guess, primed is the word to have a healthy pregnancy. So first and foremost, you want to ensure that you're tracking your cycle. I will back that up for any woman, regardless if you're wanting to get pregnant or not. I think there's so much power in knowing what your personal cycle looks like and what that is for you, Um, just because so many other things factor into that. So just getting familiar with, you know, what, how long your cycle is, when about you're ovulating um, and different things like that. And there's a book um, that's called Taking Charge of Your Fertility that I recommend for that um, for anyone listening. But I think just having that knowledge and power is right off the bat, the best thing you can do. As far as training and nutrition goes- Let me ask you a follow-up question about the tracking. Yeah. Um, how do you track? Do you use an app? Do you, do you use it in that book itself? Or how do you track? Yeah, so I use an app called Kendara. It is a paid app. I think there's another one called Flow, I believe is the other good one. Um, just something to kind of loosely track your cycle. And you don't want to put too much weight into any of these apps. Um, because obviously if they mess up, like you don't want to be using it as a birth control. I'll just say Right. That (laughs) That Um, would not be good advice. (laughs) So just use it to kind of inform yourself about, you know, what your cycle is looking like. I basically just track, you know, when my period comes, when ovulation around is happening. And then I kind of just go from there. Um, But I'll get into that a little bit in the next stage too, because I I used that to get pregnant. Um, But as far as training and nutrition during the pre-pregnancy time, you know, you don't have to change too much of what you're doing training wise. I know a lot of women tend to be nervous and scared that like they have to shift everything or stop exercising in general. And really you don't need to. Um, Your exercise is something that all physicians and doctors encourage throughout a pregnancy for most people. Obviously that has caveats to it if you know you have issues and they tell you not to but for most people you should be able to train throughout your pregnancy so at that stage there's really nothing huge as far as the training goes that you have to change Um, and then on the nutrition front 
most women, I'm sure as you know this, um, come to us under eating. So this is something I would advise against even while you're trying to get pregnant or thinking about it. Um, unless you have a good amount of body fat to lose and your doctor is advising you to lose weight. So I guess it is a little bit individual like everything else with training and nutrition. But at the end of the day, for most people, you want to make sure that you're fueling your body with enough you know, protein, healthy fats, healthy carbs to sustain normal hormones, making sure that you're ovulating, um, just kind of taking the precautions to just be healthy. <laughs> you know, this is all stuff that we should all be doing as women anyway. So I think just putting a little bit more emphasis and focus on that, knowing that you're potentially going to get pregnant soon is a big key. Yeah. Okay. So let's go into pregnancy then. Same question, but I'm pregnant now. Yeah, Not me. So. I'm 50. That would be a miracle. <laughs> so. Yeah. So once you become pregnant, um, same thing. A lot of people are like, okay, so should I stop working out? Should I stop lifting? Should I stop doing cardio? And, you know, it really comes down to, and this is going to look a little bit different for each of the trimesters. So the first trimester, most people are tired, fatigued, napping more. Um, you don't, again, have to train change your training too much at this point. You don't have a huge belly getting in the way. Um, obviously, and this goes across the board throughout pregnancy, do the type of training that makes you feel good throughout your day. Um, so this comes down to enjoyment, what you personally prefer. I am a huge advocate of resistance training, as I know you are. Um, but you know, a healthy balance of both cardio and strength work throughout your pregnancy is going to make you feel great. And for me personally, throughout my pregnancy, the days that I didn't do anything, that I would just be a couch potato and just kind of just, you know, soaked up those naps, I was more fatigued, more lethargic, didn't feel as great than the days where I would go out for a walk or do a light lifting session. So obviously, you know, it changes from a perspective of intensity and overall volume. Um, as far as intensity goes, you don't want to be lifting so heavy or doing such high intensity cardio that you can't hold a conversation or you have to hold your breath to get through the lift. So you want to make sure that you're breathing throughout all of your movements, whatever you're doing, and just ensuring that you feel good, you're not getting dizzy or anything like that through your sessions. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, you just have to do what makes you feel great. And a lot of people feel guilty when they aren't going as heavy or aren't doing their HIIT cardio for the day or aren't doing their CrossFit workouts. And you kind of just have to view it from this perspective of, okay, I'm in a different phase of my life, like I said earlier, and it's okay if my training looks a little bit different than it did before, but knowing also that you have the power to continue to do some modified version or some version of what you enjoy doing as long as every, as long as your doctor gives you clearance, right? Mm -hmm. And what about, um, can you speak to the kind of old advice of you're eating for two? Yeah, so that's a big myth. <laughs> Dang, I believed it. <laughs> Which is why I gained 50 pounds with all three of my pregnancies. I so, so took that to heart. <laughs> you know what? And it, there's no, there's that, how do I put this? So there's the recommendation as far as weight goes for pregnancy and for women. And that is kind of based on where your starting weight is when you get pregnant. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't like putting so much emphasis on those numbers. Um, and this goes for macros too. So let's say on the nutrition side of things for this pregnancy question, um, you're going to want to increase calories per each trimester. 
obviously, but those recommendations are much smaller than you think. So for the first trimester, for most people, if you're eating enough when you get pregnant, you really don't have to change too much for that first trimester. You know, your body is doing its job to grow this tiny human who is like the size of a raisin at this point. <laughs> and, you know, you don't have to double your intake right off the bat. As your baby grows, that calorie recommendation does increase for each trimester. So, you know, anywhere from two to 300 for the second trimester, and anywhere from four to 500 for the third. Um, this is obviously a very general blanket recommendation and it's kind of shift a little bit for everybody. But I think we can ditch the idea that we have to like double our intake or pretend like we're eating for two people mm -hmm. because that's just, it's not realistic. Um, and it's just not, it's going to set you up for more fat gain and just not feeling your best. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, it's so interesting. That advice really stuck hard. Yeah. I don't know who started that or where it came from, but it's one of those things. It's just like generally accepted nonsense that's out there. Um, yeah. And, and one of, you know, when things like that get take hold, it just feels wrong to say it's like, people are like, wait a minute, what do you mean that's not right? Like everybody knows that. I'm right. like, I know everybody knows that it. it just happens to not be true. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because I remember being like, not a little girl, but a younger woman thinking about like one day getting pregnant pregnant and being like, oh my God, I can't wait to get pregnant because I'll just be able to eat whatever I want and just, you know, do whatever I want. And it's really, it's really no different than any other time. As long as you have health goals, you can still have those health goals and those fitness goals while you're pregnant, if not even more so than before, because now you're growing a human and you want your body to be able to do that job as best as possible. Um, and you want to feel as good as possible. So, you know, when you're just throwing all of your nutrition out the window, it's like, mm -hmm. you're going to feel crappy and who wants to feel crappy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then let's talk about in the postpartum period, which frankly, it feels like kind of the most important period to address because there's a lot of pressure on women immediately upon yes. having the baby to get her fitness and nutrition to a certain level. So talk to us about that. What was your experience like and how do you kind of guide people through that period? Yeah, so there is definitely a lot of pressure on women in this in this part of the journey, um, but also there's really not a lot of information out there on like what what the new mom should be doing. You get, you read all of this information about your new baby and how to care for them. And it's like, it's almost like you forget what, that you need to take care of yourself too. So then when you get home from the hospital, it's like, well, what the heck do I do now? Am I okay to work out? Should I not work out? It's like all of these questions arise. Um, so my postpartum experience, so I did end up having a C-section with my son, Kai, um, obviously not planned, <laughs> um, okay. not emergent either. And that was kind of a shock to me. I just wasn't really, I don't think anybody's ever really expecting when that happens. Um, so, you know, I'm bringing my new baby home. I have this incision on my stomach and I'm in pain. And it's like all of these things that I wasn't planning on going through. So it was, it was hard. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, just like throughout pregnancy, you have to give yourself grace. And that, that is my biggest piece of advice for all new moms out there listening, you're under so much stress, stress is high, sleep is lacking, all of these emotions are swirling because your hormones are like all over the place. And it can be a really, really, really hard time for a lot of people, um, especially those that don't have the extra help of family around or whatever their scenario may be. So um, 
I think that, you know, you just have to remind yourself that it's okay to not jump back into what your life looked like before this baby arrived and to kind of take it slow, both with your body physically um, and mentally, because it can be a lot. Your whole life just changed. So you really have to give yourself that grace and take it day by day and just focus on those tiny wins throughout the day. Let's say you get your baby down for a 10 minute nap and it was one minute longer than yesterday. That's something to celebrate. And that's really what I focused on. It was focusing on, okay, what was the good that happened today? What did, what went well? What didn't really work out? And I kind of just tried to stay mindful um, and take that approach to it. So I think that helped me personally not get too overwhelmed with everything going on. Um, And for my personal experience too, obviously being a business owner, I didn't really get a typical maternity leave. So I was talking with my clients five days after giving birth and having a C-section. So we kind of jumped right back into work on top of everything else. And granted, we do have great family here and a great support system. So that was really helpful. Um, But I'm the type of person that doesn't like to ask for help. Like I think I can do everything myself. So that was really hard for me to like give up tasks or give up the baby or give up work to Josh or to family members to get that help. And once I did, I understood that the quote where they say it really takes a village to raise a child and it made so much more sense to me. Um, So if you do have the help, ask for it because that was by itself a game changer. Um, And then as far as training and nutrition goes, so the training side of things, I see this all the time. So you have this baby, you're used to training every day at this, you know, most people are love to work out, let's say, and you have this baby and you're not allowed to do anything for six weeks here in the U.S. at least. Mm -hmm. And that can be really hard because once you hit like week three or four, you start to feel a little bit better. You start to feel more like yourself and you kind of get this urge to do something and your body is just not there yet. So I like to put it this way, just because your mind is ready for training doesn't mean your body is ready at all. I don't think a lot of people understand the impact that labor and delivery can have on your body, whether you have, you know, a vaginal birth or a C-section. And just because you're itching to get back into the gym or itching to do whatever you do for training, it just doesn't mean that you're there yet. So easing back into fitness in the postpartum period is so, 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 so important because there are things like prolapse or pelvic floor dysfunction and you know, if you have an incision, you can possibly tear that. So there's all these different um, complications that can arise in the postpartum period that I think kind of get thrown out the window or just most people just aren't informed about. So I think that would be my biggest piece of advice for postpartum women is to really take the time to ease back into training and not jump the gun, even if you feel like you're ready. Yeah, that's so hard to do across the board whenever, right? Because right. like you said, your mind is ready and you have goals and desires and it, it's hard to honor what our body actually needs sometimes. Even right now, a great example, gyms are opening back up. Everybody's itching to get back in there and it's like, you can't go zero to a hundred right away because you're right. going to be like on crutches. For the next two yeah, we weeks both had posts on that far. this week. Actually, a lot of the people like kind of yeah. people were, and we all had that post this week. Cause like, I could see it coming. I'm like, Oh no, yes. people are going to like run back in there. And yeah, just, but it's, you know. it's, it's 
the same thing postpartum. Like you really, your our minds are really powerful and we like routine. We like what we're used to, but you have to embrace that rest and you have to embrace, you know, even if it's like, I'm not saying sit on the couch all day. Like the day after I had my C-section, my doctor was like, if you feel okay, go walk to the mailbox or, you know, go walk to the other side of your house or just get movement in so I'm not saying don't move at all but just be really intentional about the movement that you do and listen to your body because your body will tell you okay this is way too much like take a step back or okay this feels good you know if it's adding value to you across the board physically mentally emotionally then great keep doing it um, and, you know, increase maybe if you walk to the mailbox tomorrow, the next day, feel good, walk a little bit further and just, you know, focus on movement in that sense and taking your baby out for a walk or go, going to sit outside or just doing those basic things. You put that, that on your stories kind of, a lot. I love you. You always have yeah. you out doing your walks. Have you done that pretty much since the beginning? Yeah. Right from the beginning, I would take him out yeah. for walks and it's, it's, it was great because he enjoyed it and he was always quiet outside or he would fall asleep in a stroller and I would get that time to myself that I was missing. Like, mm. I think as a new mom too, you are always surrounded by other people visiting the baby or you're always with the baby or your husband's always around. So it can be hard to separate that and get your you time. And yeah. so that was kind of like the time that I would take throughout the day to just go and clear my mind, listen to, you know, my favorite song or a podcast or just listen to nothing and just walk. And that was honestly my favorite part of postpartum that I've carried into my daily life now. That's fantastic. So let's talk body image. I, this is always an important for women, you know, across, across the lifespan, but I think in the postpartum period, maybe even just a little bit more so, um, you know, there's this idea I want to get my I want to get my pre-baby body back. Can you mm -hmm. talk talk about that a little bit. Your thought I think I know your thoughts on that. But kind of expand <laughs> on your thoughts on that idea and what women should do with that thought. Yeah. So this is obviously a very common thought across the board and I think it all just it's it all comes back around to what we're shown postpartum is and nobody really talks about the nitty-gritty or the the yucky, if you will, details of postpartum life. And, you know, something that was new to me was I had, when I had Kai, I had the C-section. I remember looking in the mirror and I'm like, okay, I still look like I'm five months pregnant. Like what's going on? Like nobody shows you what a true postpartum body looks like right after you give birth. So I think that a lot of women, you know, go through that and they see that and they ultimately feel like they failed because, you know, they didn't bounce back. Or even a couple of weeks later, it's like you still have a lot of extra body fat from the pregnancy and you still just, you're healing and you're just not, your body just grew a human. So you're not going to be in the same place that you were a couple of weeks after giving birth when it took you nine months to grow this human. So I like to put it that way for a lot of my postpartum clients. Um, and I think, you know, there's just this unrealistic expectation that, we that should be our top priority after having the baby when in reality your top priority should be taking care of yourself obviously through training and nutrition once you are cleared from your doctor and you know feeling okay too but getting your body back it's, you never lost your body this is just your body in a new stage so I think there's a lot of power in embracing that stage understanding that it's not a race so there's no pressure to 
you know, lose the weight or change how your body looks right away. Um, I think that, you know, I have clients reach out to me all the time who are in this phase of life a couple of weeks after giving birth and they're like, okay, I'm ready to go back. And I'm like, are you really though? Like, are you really ready for this high stress change on top of everything that's already going on? And most of the time they're not ready. So I think that as a, as a whole, we have to give women more time and appreciation when it comes to their bodies postpartum, because your body just did this amazing thing. So you can't expect it to just bounce back to Mm -hmm. what you looked like before you had this baby. Yeah. I think there's a very unrealistic timeline that people put on themselves about, um, what to expect. Um, and also just the, I love what you said, you know, that it's your body in a new phase. You're not getting your old body back because you never lost it. I think that's so important. Um, you know, I hear from older women all the time. They're like, I want my old body back. You know, my premenopause body, I want that body back. And I'm just thinking, Okay, your body, you didn't ever lose your body. You still have your same body. You know, some things have changed and you're, you can change now. And at no point is it ever a point where this is, this is all, this is as good as it gets. You can make your body when you're physically ready, whether it's after pregnancy or whether it's in your fifties, you can train and eat to look as fabulous as possible. And it doesn't have to be compared to some other point in time and what Absolutely. you look like then. Or compared to someone else's postpartum journey because you know, we see it's still such a glorified thing on social media and you know there are a lot of women opening up about this myself included and showing the real postpartum part of life um, but it's still not enough and even um, you know from a perspective of your body shifting as far as gaining stretch marks or cellulite or just looking different than it was before like all of these things are they're we're told that they're just negative things when in reality 99.9 if not 100% of women have them so it's like why are we ashamed to have this thing that all women have so yeah. that has been something that has really opened my eyes because again pre baby my my instagram and you know it was catered to my body and changing my body and you know gaining muscle and losing body fat and you know it just i showcased a lot of what my body looked like in my personal journey and I was worried that when I started to experience these changes at first, I was like, well, what are, why are people going to continue to, you know, follow me? But when I started being real and really showing up authentically and showing the real postpartum life and showing pregnancy in a real way, so many more people opened up and can relate back to that. So I think there is so much power in, you know, talking about these things and showing other women that it's okay if you have stretch marks or it's okay if you have cellulite, we all have it. And we all shouldn't be ashamed to not that we're showing it off, but shouldn't be ashamed in the sense that we have to hide it. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I think it's really important because you're right. And so many more people do what you're saying right now, right? We show up and we show what our bodies look like and we talk about these things, but it doesn't feel like enough yet because, you know, the other side of perfection and um, these things are bad is, is just so pervasive. I wonder what it's going to be like a generation from now with, you know, mm-hmm. with enough of us speaking up and showing like, hey, this is what an actual body looks like postpartum. Hey, this is what an actual body, you know, looks like with stretch marks and cellulite and I'm at an okay place with that. You know, like I wonder what it will be like with enough of us doing um, that over a long period of time. 
I'm excited about it because I think that the message is shifting. And, you know, another side of things too is what I'm always encouraging women to do is not have just body goals. Like you don't need to make your fitness and your health goals all about how you look on the outside. There's so much power in focusing on increasing strength or doing a push-up for the first time or, you know, trying a new movement, honestly, anything. And I think we get caught up in the idea that it always has to be about how we look on the outside and how we show up to the world. But when you start to shift your perspective and focus on anything else aside from your aesthetics, it really can be eye-opening and add so much more positivity and value to your life. But the funny thing is, when you do focus on something else aside from that you get what you wanted more oftentimes than not on the aesthetic side anyway so it's just I think it's funny how that works and I've seen it in myself and in a lot of our clients is once we shift their perspective to not only focusing on how they look they ultimately succeed it is so true I've found that 100% with myself and with clients you know when people come to me and they have no interest in performance goals I don't try and convince them otherwise but well, I don't try and convince them otherwise out loud. I don't tell them that that's what I'm going to do. But I always end up doing it because no one doesn't like to feel strong. Yeah. No one is like, yeah, I'm not so interested that I can do a push up now. No one ever has been like not excited about like, holy cow, like I'm strong. I can do these things. And so over a relatively short period of time, I get every single one of my female clients interested and excited about performance goals. And they come to me and they're like, I can't even believe I actually like this stuff now, let alone I'm excited to get to the gym and see what I can do. Yeah. It's so funny. It's like once they get that little taste of it, it's like it opens this whole new world to them. And it's just, yeah. it's a really cool thing to see happen on the out, on the other side of it, because, you know, you get this person who's just so obsessed with every little imperfection on their body. And once they shift that mindset, it's, they're just so much happier across the board and it makes me so happy. <laughs> I think it's definitely one of the big, biggest tools we have in our toolbox to help women truly get to the point where they can feel love for themselves. You know, I will tell you, I don't really, I don't love the advice. You just need to love yourself. Like it kind of, it leaves me cold. And when I hear that advice, I think back to my younger self and I immediately think like, okay, so like I struggled with obesity for many years. Mm -hmm. And I felt very much like a failure. Like I cannot take care of the most basic human need of keeping myself healthy. Like I was really upset about that. And the idea of somebody telling me, well, you just should love yourself how you are. And I was, I know, I know I didn't. And so it was just one more thing I was failing at. Like, great. So like, I can't do that either. You know, it's this yeah. real sense of like, I don't love myself. And so I don't think it's a useful piece of advice, but I think there are so many things we can do to help people get to a genuine spot of increasing their self-love without just saying, love yourself. What, what do you think about the idea of, what do you think is good advice for women who look at their bodies and they don't like what they say? You know, I think that's fair. You don't have to love what you see in the mirror and you don't have to love where your current body is right now. Um, and that might be against the grain from, or maybe against the grain from a lot of the self-love people out there. But I think you can do whatever the heck you want. It's your body um, and you don't have to love it. But I think you at least have to like certain things about it and appreciate certain things that it can do to help you get to a place where then you can start to appreciate it more as a whole. So I think that we all have insecurity, insecurities and we all have parts of us that we don't necessarily love, but you don't have to hate it either. You can just yeah. kind of be like, okay, 
that's what that is and it's there and it, it could be neutral about it. I love, I love that idea. Like getting to a place of neutrality about our bodies can be a great step from going from, I don't like myself or, you know, strongly people are like, I hate my body, right? People genuinely right. feel that way. And to tell them to you should, you should just love your body. A great place to go in between is being coming neutral, like being able to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, these are my legs today. Yeah. This is what I look like doing a push-up. Like that, like whatever the thing is and just being able to, and it takes a lot of like repetition of oh, yeah. not allowing your brain to go to like, ugh, my legs, right? But going to like, these are my legs today. This is what I look like when I bend over. Like it takes a lot of repetition, but being able to come to a place of neutrality is a really good stop. And then you kind of add in that like whole performance piece where like, I'm a strong woman. And I think that to all together can really get a person so much closer to what I actually like and love myself. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And like you said, I think it takes a lot of repetition and a lot of mindfulness in that moment when you are so automatic to just saying, oh, I hate how this looks or I hate how I look or I hate that picture of me. It's kind of stopping yourself in that moment and learning to practice mindfulness and say, okay, this is what I automatically say, but what if this is just how I am today? And, yeah. you know, our bodies are so fluid too that how your body shows up today is completely different than how it might look later tonight or tomorrow or, you know, next week we eat and we drink and we move and we're constantly taking in and getting out and our bodies are yeah. shifting. So I think letting go of the idea that you have to look like you do when you wake up on Tuesday morning all day long and for the rest of the week, that's just not realistic. So understanding that our bodies are constantly evolving and shifting based on different parts of our life, whether that be higher stress areas or maybe you slept crappy last week or biofeedback is off somewhere, understanding the bigger picture of how your body works can be so powerful. Absolutely. I love that you even said like, it might not look the same tonight as it did this morning because that is right. such a real thing. And people like get down on themselves like, whoa, like, like what happened? I mean, you ate <laughs> and you drank <laughs> and that's what you look like. And tomorrow morning, it's probably not going to look the same, you that know? food's got to go somewhere. Like I, yeah. I feel like people forget that or they think that, I think it all stems back to the idea. They see these fitness models and people with ripped abs on Instagram and they think that other people just walk around like that all the time when even those people, their bodies are changing constantly. So I think understanding that idea that we are constantly shifting and evolving based on what we're eating throughout the day can be such a powerful thing. Yeah. And you know, and you know, the fitness model thing and us, there's posing like, and I'm very clear right. about that. Like when I'm posing for things, like I'll be on my stories and be like, just, you know, like I know what angles I can use and, or I'll yeah. point out on my stores. I'm like, just so you know, the lighting right now is super sweet. And that's mm -hmm. why I look like this. Not that I don't have muscle, but right. I have muscle and the lighting is friggin' amazing right now because people need to know that stuff so that they don't oh, look yeah. at themselves and think like, what's wrong? Like what's wrong? Yeah. You, and that, that's where you get caught in that comparison trap. And you're like, once you see yourself in the mirror and then you think back to, you know, Jenny's story from earlier where she was looking great. It's like, why can't, why don't I look like that? Well, one, you're not her. And two, you have no idea what the heck app she's using or what her lighting scenario is, or if she's like holding her breath and squeezing her muscles so hard <laughs> that she can't even breathe. Like you have to understand that Instagram and social media in general is such a highlight reel and that it's just not worth your time to compare. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's switch gears here a little bit. What are you finding as a mom in this stage of life with a young toddler? What is your biggest challenge or what are some of your biggest challenges as you know, you're, when it comes to fitness and nutrition, you're a mom with this little person. I just remember that age. Wow. That's a tiring age. Like they have so much energy and it's like at any moment they could really seriously injure themselves. Like they just have no concept of like what is safe and what is not. Um, yeah, no concept. Like Kai will literally crawl, like he's going to go flying off the couch and I like grab his ankle and I'm like, what are you doing? Because he has no idea. Yeah, no (laughs) clue. So I guess he will figure it out at some point. Believe me, they do. Like they do eventually figure it out. And there's, I remember breathing such a sigh of relief when all of my kids would kind of get to the point where they realized like, oh, I shouldn't stick my finger there and jump here. Like that sense of like, I have, I know what safe stuff is like, gosh, that is such a good moment in life when you're like, I can actually turn around. And when I turn back, you're not going to be doing something dumb. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. So we are in the middle of that right now. Um, he will be, he'll be one in a couple of weeks. So, which is just crazy to me. Like they say time goes by fast the first year and you don't really understand, but here we are. Um, so we're kind of in, well, I guess everybody's kind of in the same scenario as us at this exact moment being home with the pandemic. But Josh and I, my husband, um, we both work from home. We both run our health coaching business. So we, not much has changed since COVID happened for us as far as work in our schedule and our daily life. Um, but, you know, as Kai has gone through the different phases of his life, we have kind of adapted. So in the beginning stages, in the newborn stage, it was super easy to just work with him sleeping on me or, you know, get stuff done while I'm wearing him. I was a big user of the baby wearing contraption and I just would do so much with that. And then as he got bigger and into this current stage, it's been a lot harder because he wants to obviously be independent and crawling around and exploring and doing things on his own. So you know, balancing that and playing with him and watching him with both our business and our own training and nutrition and making sure we're meal prepping. It's a lot. And, you know, I give all parents out there and especially single parents so much respect for everything that they they do, because I don't know how I would do it without my husband. He's amazing. Um, so what we do is we kind of take shifts, quote unquote, with Kai. So every other day, I'll wake up first with him and I'll kind of take the morning breakfast routine and we'll play or we'll go for a walk and Josh will have his time to work out. Um, And then the next day, Josh wakes up with him and takes that shift and I'll kind of use that as my morning time. So we've gotten into a pretty solid routine with that. And then we just keep flip-flopping throughout the day as it goes on. So he still luckily is napping twice a day, which is really nice because that's when we, yeah, that's when we like crush work you know, have meetings or whatever we have to do. So we use that to prioritize work. Um, And then, like I said, we just kind of communicate with each other and figure out, okay, you have this this day or, you know, you have a meeting. So why don't you wake up with him first or I'll take him for this session. um, And if I need to get a workout in and he's waking up from his nap, I'll just bring him down into the garage with me and make him watch me. I just, it's something that I hope that he will want to partake in as he gets older. So why not just get him out there now and get him, show him that, you know, my mom is lifting, my mom is exercising and taking care of her body and doing some cool stuff. And, you know, it's funny because when we go out there, he's not, 
out there all the time. But when we go out there, it's like this whole new room to him. So he's just kind of sitting there watching and like exploring that, um, which I've been really grateful for. So obviously we're kind of taking it month by month at this point. Um, he's crawling and not walking yet. So I guess that helps a little bit, but he's just getting into that phase where he's, he just wants to go. So we'll see what happens. But as of right now, that's kind of how we've been managing that. Wow. My hat's off to you. I remember that stage just kind of, you know, anything that's so distant like that, but I just remember how physically challenging that was, um, to constantly be on the go with those little ones. So it's amazing how much you're able to still accomplish both with your business and in the gym. And, you know, I think the word balance is just such a myth. I don't think there's any such thing as, as balance, right? It's more like, how do we navigate it? Like these different aspects, you know, you've got motherhood and your business and you're a wife and you're a mom and navigating that. And so hearing you talk about how you're doing that, it's a big juggling game, but you certainly seem like you're, you're on top of it. Thank you. And I mean, I will say I'm exhausted by the end of the day. Don't get me wrong. Um, Some days are better than others. And, you know, balance is a funny thing. I think for me personally, it's not equally balancing everything. It's kind of figuring out what that day looks like. So, you know, if one day work has to kind of take the priority over training or training takes the priority over, you know, going for a walk or just whatever it is, figuring out what those different ratios are to make up the full day is kind of how I try to view it. So I know that I can't do it all. Um, So I just prioritize, okay, this needs to get done today, or I need this workout today. And I'll just run with that. And then whatever doesn't get done, whether it's my dishes or my laundry or a little bit of work, it's okay. And I can just do it tomorrow. So I've just I'm not the type of person that gets really stressed out over anything and I am very go with the flow and I think that's helped me tremendously as far as delegating tasks and you know figuring out how to just do it all because I don't do it all but I do what needs to be done. Yeah you do it all over long stretches of time right? (laughs) Not a single day. I love that. I love that feeling. Um, okay. So whenever I have a woman on, I really do like to talk about their own personal training. Cause I like, mm. I like the women who listen to me to hear other strong women tell us like what they're into. So what's your jam these days? What are your training goals? What's it like? Yeah. So it, it's funny because I would say for the first, I don't know, maybe eight months postpartum, I didn't really have any set goals. I was just kind of, you know, working out to feel good and just, you know, lifting three to four times a week, um, doing some hiking or walking. And I didn't really specify specific goals until I hit like the eight or nine month mark. And I was like, you know what, I want to challenge myself to do a powerlifting meet again. Um, Previously to having Kai, I did, I think five or six powerlifting meets and the powerlifting community is just really awesome. Like they're so welcoming. Everybody really cheers everyone on. And it's like you said before, it just feels so cool to be strong and see your strength increase. So I felt like I was at a point postpartum to kind of set some fitness goals for myself. Um, So I hired one of my good friends who is a powerlifting coach. I was like, you know what? I am a coach myself, but I don't even want to think about writing my own programming. So she writes me my powerlifting programming. I was planning on doing a meet that has now been canceled, obviously due to COVID, but that was coming up in a couple of weeks. I'm still going to do like a mock meet in our garage and just kind of test my numbers. Um, But yeah, I've been focusing on powerlifting. Um, And for those listening who don't really know what powerlifting is, basically you're just focusing on the three main lifts of the squat 
bench and deadlift. So seeing how strong you can get in those lifts. Um, and I think the most challenging thing going back to powerlifting now has been not comparing my numbers now to what they were pre-baby, which mm-hmm. obviously they're going to be in a different place right now. Um, but I will say I've surprised myself tremendously and, you know, not getting too hyped up about that, but seeing my strength increase every single week has been really awesome. And it just feels good to have a goal again. So yeah. that has kind of been my main focus right now, as far as training goes. And I also, you know, we get out for hikes at least once a week. We're out walking all the time and just doing as much as we can outside because we love being outside and so does Kai. So that's kind of how we've been incorporating him into that and what I've been focusing on on my own. Nice. Yeah, such a bummer. Your meet was canceled. I'm wondering if there's going to be any meets for the rest of the year. I know it's, I mean, I think, I don't think anybody knows at this point what's going to happen. And it's hard because obviously a lot of people go to a meet. It's not like it's just a small group of people usually. Mm -hmm. So we'll see, but I'm excited to still test my maxes at least in the garage. Yeah. I'm glad to hear you're doing that. I've done that before. I've done a uh, I just wasn't ready to sign up for another meet, but I really wanted to, you know, so I did a full like peaking program and then just did yeah. it here at home and it was a good experience. I was hoping to, um, compete in a meet again in December, but I just, this moment, I just don't, I don't really see it happening that there's going to be meets. Cause like no. you said, it's a pretty big chunk of people and it's a lot of people in a small space. Yeah. And I just don't, I don't know that that's going to happen. Yeah, so that's a I don't know either. It is a bummer, but hey, it's okay. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still out there doing what I need to do. Yeah, and it's great that your son is going to be watching you do all of this. Um, yeah. I think it's such a good example. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. Uh, before you go, I would love for you to tell everybody where they can find you. Absolutely. So my Instagram handle is at Alessandra Skutnik. Um, I will have Kim put it in the show notes or I don't Absolutely. know what you do. Um, kind of a hard, long name to spell. <laughs> yeah. but, um, we also have our website, sd-evolution. Um, and we also have a YouTube channel, Alessandra and Josh. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you being here with us today. It was so much fun getting to talk. So much fun. I'm so glad we did this, Kim. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for being here and listening in to the Fitness Simplified podcast today. I hope you found it educational, motivational, inspirational, all the kinds of ational. (laughs) If you enjoyed it, if you found value in it, it would mean so much to me if you would go ahead and leave a rating and review on whatever platform you are listening to this on. It really does help to get this podcast to other people. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.